Hey everybody, if it's the 1st or the 15th, that can only mean one thing. Well, maybe two things, but we aren't cutting any checks yet. We are dropping knowledge, though, through the Lit Podcast. Where law, innovation, and technology meet the culture. Get lit with us as we use our collective knowledge, brain power, and cultural capital for good. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 7. I'm Tanya. Girl, you chipper. <laughs> I love it. You sound so good. I'm Shantavia, y'all. And I'm glad one body's one body. One person is chipper. Because my ass is beef. <laughs> but I'm Shantavia. See, that's why we're here. That's why we're here. The yin to we're my yin <laughs> That's right. There you go. See what we did right there? See what see? we did. We didn't even practice that. <laughs> I'm so glad. Hey, everybody. You can see what type of episode this is going to be. So this is (laughs) so very lit podcast where law, innovation and technology meet the culture. culture. (laughs) This is the segment where we, Shantavia and I, reconnect with each other and with you all share what's going on in our lives. So Shantavia, what's good? Honey. Listen, everything is good. It really is. So a couple episodes ago, I was talking about passion and purpose. Actually, purpose, not passion. And being or operating in your purpose. And I feel like Mm -hmm. I'm doing that, but it is kicking my ass. It really is. I mean, it feels good to have lots of great opportunities. I'm tired. So it is actually tomorrow where I am. So, Tanya, right. you're in the U.S. getting ready to head to Chicago, as I understand. <laughs> and yes. I am in Sweden, in Stockholm today. And it's been an amazing experience being here. I'm here at the Global Consortium of Entrepreneurship Center's annual conference, which mm-hmm. has been so much fun. And thankfully, I'm not presenting. So you said this a couple of weeks ago that you were in the audience just listening as an attendee and, and not as a presenter. And this is the first time I've done that in, gosh, probably years. Right. And it really is a different feeling where yeah. you can just be here to absorb. And it has me thinking a lot about purpose and about how purpose does not mean perfection in your life. Well, So as I have been... And I think you probably are doing the same thing, like getting closer and closer to operating only in my zone of genius and in my purpose. So many doors are opening and it's amazing. So in the past probably seven days, I have met the CEOs of four of the largest companies on the planet. Mm -hmm. Just a couple hours ago, I had the opportunity to have a little bit of banter back and forth with Jimmy Wales, Mm -hmm. who's the founder of Wikipedia. And he spoke at this event that I met in Sweden. And he had a good talk. And I noticed in his talk, he kept using the word diversity, Mm -hmm. but not talking about race. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I actually raised my hand and asked him about diversity in Wikipedia, because as I understand... Like 18% of the biographies on Wikipedia are, are women's biographies. Uh, uh, people of color, mm-hmm. black people, brown people, Asian men and women, mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, historically through Wikipedia, have a more difficult time both including content or drafting content that's posted on Wikipedia and having Wikipedia pages. So I asked him about that. And we actually had a decent 
had a discussion about mm-hmm. it. And so I raised that to just say, you know, there's no reason on God's green earth why a little black girl <laughs> from a small town in South Carolina should be in Stockholm, Sweden, mm-hmm. having serious discussion with the founder of one of the most popular websites on the internet, Mm -hmm. but for the fact that I am operating in my purpose. And the closer I get, the more doors I I believe in God, whoever you believe in the universe, whoever has opened these doors for me and continues to open these doors. So I'm feeling, you know, I'm pretty lit about that. Just the fact that things continue to open up in my life because again, it's not because I'm necessarily knowing every step of the way what I'm doing, but doors just continue to open. But that doesn't always mean everything's going to feel perfect. So like I said at the beginning, my ass is tired because I've been on the go for, I can't tell y'all how many weeks. So I'm feeling good. I'm feeling a little Mm -hmm. tired, but I'm feeling good about the opportunities I have. So that's what's got me lit. What about you, Miss Tom? We're talking about what's good. Oh, you're so, we, you're so tired. What's good? You know, Look, I can't even get it right. That's right. I'm getting lit. I'm good. I'm all of that. You are the way to action item. I guess I should just close out. <laughs> Listen, like I said, it is tomorrow that's, where I am, and I'm point. still up. That's so good point. I need to be in the bed. One right um, thing that I thought of as you were talking about your what's good is that, you know, it, it's almost like the be careful what you asked for. Or we ask for things, mm-hmm. but we're re- rarely ready and have everything that we need in the moment, but we have the opportunity that presents itself. And at each mm-hmm. new stage and level of life, personally and professionally, it requires that a new you show up because the thing you're doing is new. Mm-hmm. And so the anxiety or the pressure that I feel in a new position, for example, doesn't mean I'm not excellent. I am excellent. And thank God I'm confident because otherwise it could be soul crushing when you, but I'm right where I'm supposed to be. You are absolutely right where you're supposed to be. And this is what it feels like. And it remember, it reminds me, um, I think it was last year speaking at South by, or it might, might've been the year before actually, Lee Daniel. Come on, humble brag. <laughs> it's so many years. I can't remember. Um, and I was, uh, attending, um, a presentation by Lee Daniels and he stumbled through like the first 15 minutes of what he was saying. He had a three by five card. I love my three by five cards, but he literally was reading out loud the bullet points where it was just supposed to jog his memory, but it was like, okay, it says Mm -hmm. here, I'm supposed to thank somebody or do something. And we were like, is this like a joke? Is this, this is either really funny or really sad or really not funny and sad. And it got to the point where Mm -hmm. he didn't know what city he was in. Um, It it wasn't like he was in some altered state other than exhaustion by all outward appearances. And he found his way kind of towards the end. But it was that moment where you're trying to figure out where you are, what you're supposed to be doing. He had, you know, everything Mm -hmm. going on at that point. The shows are blowing up and he could not have been more confused and confusing and he explained that later in his 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 remarks mm. so it happens to the best of us evidently we try and avoid that because <laughs> that's what's not good yes we do um but it's it is real though i'm glad you brought that it's up. Real. it is real the the fact that 
when you are operating in your purpose, it doesn't always feel, you know, like you are 100% at the That's top correct. of your game. That's correct. Love it. Look so, what we did. We just, uh, let me pass, pass the plate right did. quick. Um, <laughs> but what's good for me? Somebody cash app us. We don't even have a cash right? app account. Send <laughs> me some crypto. Don't send me no cash. <laughs> <laughs> so I am going to Chicago today to speak at the Voice of Blockchain. Uh, it's the second year of its existence. Shout out to Disruption Joe, who is fantastic. He's created one of the few amazing conferences that it's a 100% no pitch. They have a lot of fantastic sponsors to be sure. It's um, Launch Trip, uh, Technori, Cryptopolitan, Brave New Coin, Blockchain.News, Fintechs, IC Holder, Blockchain Commerce, um, Chamber of Commerce, all of those, all the big ticket items. But it's not going to be two days of an infomercial, which is what I hate. I'm not going to any more of those mm -hmm. and I'm not speaking at them because it's a waste of time. If they're not adding value, Amen. people are paying a lot of money to um, to uh, attend these. And and so you want to add value. I always like to leave people and things better than I found them. And so this is what Disruption Joe is certainly doing. It's basically three events in one. They have a corporate and enterprise track, a digital assets and markets track, and an app impact and innovation track. I actually see that Clev Mesidor um, is going to be there. She's a dynamic sister in the blockchain world, to be sure. And so we'll have like a, a small contingent awesome. of black women in blockchain and cryptocurrency out there as well. Shout out to Crystal Houston. I see some others who are going to be there. Kavita Jain, she's going to be there. That's amazing. So there are a lot of um, black and brown women who are operating in the space at a very high level. I look forward to talking about the next wave of innovation. So I'll be focused on uses of blockchain in education and also about branded coins. So one of the branded coins that I've talked about a lot, the Facebook Libra coin, um, recently Walmart uh, is exploring it. There are a lot of legacy companies that are now looking into branded currencies that they'll have control over. So it's the opposite of Bitcoin, which is the people's money, but using the existing technology mm -hmm. to make things better, faster, cheaper within a brand is a really powerful use as well. There's some pure crypto people who don't, you know, that's not their jam, but I think we'll settle into um, a healthy balance of public coins, but also private coins uh, with a corporate ecosystem that works uh, better. I'll talk a little bit more about one in particular when I get to my what's got me lit. Um, and the one final thing that I have, and I'm going to throw it back to you for one for, I think you have one more what's good uh, as well, but have you heard of Mel Robbins? Yeah. Oh, well, you shared, you shared a video of correct. hers with me by text a couple of weeks ago and I was I an know. instant fan, but I had not heard of I'm her I'm trying to figure then. out what rock I was under because I hadn't either. And given her level of acclaim mm -hmm. and being the number one requested speaker, female um, or woman speaker in the world, bigger than the Brene Browns of the world. Wow. It's staggering numbers. She has a new talk show that just came out. But um, one of my friends turned me on right after um, I was in New York, I think. I had a long travel uh, that day. I listened to half of her audio book that day. And she has what's called the five-second rule. I'm going to drop a link in the show notes. She has one of the most watched TED Talks ever in the history of TED Talk Nation. Take, take a look at it. Yes, what? it is amazing. And this the idea of it is something that you should sit with. But basically, you have five when you have a, 
an internal leading, some intuition that says, this is what I should do to better my life or my circumstance. You have about five seconds until your brain starts talking you out of it. Because when you think of something that you should do, but don't necessarily want to do, your body doesn't know whether that is you're running away from a lion <laughs> or you're watching the Lion King or like something, you know, it just knows that you're having a fear mm -hmm. response internally. And in about five seconds, your brain is going to move into protection mode and tell you all the reasons you shouldn't do it. And so she hmm. says, uh, you just count down, you have that feeling and you say five, four, three, two, one, move and do it or pick up the phone and have that difficult conversation or jump out of bed and don't hit snooze. That was one of the first things that literally has changed my day, which means it's changing my life. Um, I get up a half an hour earlier, hmm. snooze goes off. I want to sock it in the jaw, but I get up anyway. I don't keep my phone in my room at <laughs> this, like check out the five second rule. Um, and I, it's been transformative even in this, these last two weeks. So I commend that to you and to our, our listeners wow. as well. So this is a TED Talk and TED a book, Talk book and it? now a, t um, uh, a TV show. She's like the new, oh wow, the, you know, her. on a smaller scale, but still like the Oprahs of the world. Or if Brene Brown had her own talk show, it's a daily talk huh. show. Oh, that's awesome! What do you know? What station it'll be on? Or what Check your local or? listings. I, I cannot recall. I want to say CBS, but um, don't start me to lying. Y'all look it up. Okay. Ask the Google. No, I'm gonna check her out. I I will ask Dr. <laughs> Google when we finish recording. Now, how long will you be in Chicago? Till Tuesday. I fly back Tuesday and I go to D.C. on Wednesday. The following week, I fly to sh to okay. California to do an IBM talk, um, presenting to C-suite <laughs> clients of IBM to uh, do a TED Talk style uh, event on everything that what every CTO, uh, uh, chief technology officer, should know about blockchain, uh, particularly from an intellectual property perspective. Oh, wow. So I'm really looking forward to that as well. But by mid-October, I'm not going to know where I am. And at the end, I go to Lima, Peru. But I'll talk about that next episode. Wow. So I think I'll be chasing you because I'll be in D.C. right when you leave <laughs> at the, the, the Fulbright. So I think I talked about this in the podcast, but speaking at the Fulbright Association Conference, sure. look at us. Just Come on, humble traveling. brag. Give me those Lima Peru miles. I need a couple more miles. Right? Let me get those. I'm going to be I'm gonna keep in my executive platinum status next year. I'm this close, and Lima's going to send me over the edge. Bloop, bloop. Oh, awesome. Love Don't it. you love that? You Not love so that humble brag. <laughs> All right. Not so humble brag. All right. So let me just say real quick. First of all, while you're in Chicago, I don't get paid to say this, but wild berry pancakes. Check them out while you're there. I absolutely love their pancakes. I don't know why that came to me, but somebody wants you there. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> the the let me just say this too about purpose. Before I got to Stockholm, literally probably so I left my house about four hours after this event to come to Stockholm. But right before I left to come to Stockholm, I had the opportunity to interview one of the wealthiest men on the planet, who most of you have probably never heard of. His name is Ratan Tata. He's an Indian industrialist, investor, philanthropist, and businessman. And I was not that familiar with him before all of this came about. But he is a person who 
should be probably the wealthiest man on the planet. His he, He's the head of a philanthropic trust that owns a 60% share in the Tata group of companies, which is his right. company too. But the, the kind of corporate arm last year made something like $120 billion. But he has committed through his trust to give like 60 or 65% of the money that they make in the corporate arm of their organization to philanthropic uh, aims and goals. So this man is like a philanthropist on a scale like nothing we've ever seen. I mean, more than Bill Gates, more than Oprah, more than uh, Steve Jobs and the foundation he created before his death. And I had the opportunity to interview him. And one of the things I just want to say about Purpose is I was listening to you talk about all these different events and your travel and thinking about some of the things I've gotten to do in the past, just even two weeks. Like you and I are talking about things that most people don't get to do in a lifetime. You know, we're talking about in the span of a month and a half, you know, going to multiple countries and speaking at multiple events. But one of the things he said, I asked him about how he views the world and how he thinks he's gotten to the point where he is so successful with, you know, by some estimates, a net worth of more than a billion dollars. And the lowest estimate I've seen is like 800 and something million. So this man is, you know, he's achieved a level of financial independence and philanthropic independence, frankly, that most people on this planet will never hear or get to. And so I asked him about that. And what he said was in his entire life, the thing that he's focused on is doing what he's passionate about and in being a good person and doing the right thing. And that's rare because this man is in a cutthroat kind of industry, business, automotive, engineering, steel, manufacturing, all these different cutthroat businesses. And he is known for being one of the most ethical corporate leaders on the planet. And he says the key to his success is doing the right thing. And I think... You know, particularly watching your career and, you know, I fumbled my way through a lot of things, but I think one thing I've noticed about you and something that I try in my own life is to make good decisions. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I, I, I saw a woman with the shirt on in the Atlanta airport that said, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little bit. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not saying I'm perfect or anything, but making the right choices and trying to be a good person and do the right thing is just so important in all of this. And let me just say, I'm proud mm. of you, Tanya, and all the things you've done. And I see you <laughs> doing the right thing and being out there, you know, sacrificing, giving away your time sometimes. <laughs> and, you know, listening to Dr. Tata talk about now, doing the right thing, it really right. resonated with me that all the, a lot of these doors have opened, not because I'm so great or perfect or whatever, but really figuring out my purpose and just trying to be a good person. So I encourage our listeners, you know, that same way, like whatever it is you want to do, aim for it. Go, if you're, if you're not all the way there, just go stand in the neighborhood <laughs> That's right. for a little while. That's and right. See I happens. love that. That's amazing. You're not going to get me to crying on this show. <laughs> not, today, not today not today thank you thank you <laughs> not today 
All right, so now it's time to dig in to what's got us lit in this episode. You see a lot of us, everything starts turning into uh, uh, the same episode sometimes because we're just on that that serious vibe. Uh, We're really excited about what we talk about and what we're doing. And that was a really great check-in. So I, I, I love that. Um, but now let's get into the, to the business of what's got you lit. So Shantavia, what's got you lit this episode? Oh, Lord. All right. So I was good talking about purpose. <laughs> now here I am. I am scratching my head a little bit about what some people are doing out here. It can't be what they were put on this earth to do. But <laughs> let's just talk about some of these things a little bit. So the first thing that's got me lit, and I actually, I don't know how Mm. I feel about this. I'm curious about your thoughts. So have you heard that Whitney Houston is going on tour? I did, and it confused me. (laughs) (laughs) So Whitney Houston is going on tour, y'all. Her hologram is going on tour. You can buy tickets. I actually, the nerd in me. So they made this announcement a couple months ago, and they said tickets will go on sale the last week of September in various European countries, including Sweden. So one of the first things I did when I got here was I went to look if I could actually buy tickets for the Whitney Houston hologram tour here in Stockholm, and you can. So this shit is really about to happen. So Whitney Houston's former manager, who is also her sister-in-law, Pat Houston, put out this announcement that she is about to put Whitney Houston's hologram on tour. The name of the tour is called An Evening with Whitney. There's this company called Bass Hologram. I don't know if y'all remember when Tupac was performing on stage post-mortem mm-hmm. with Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre a few years ago. His hologram right. was bouncing around on stage with Snoop and Dr. Dre. So it's the same company. And their goal is to have a whole worldwide tour. Mm. It starts in Europe. There's some American dates that are supposed to come after Mm. the European tour, which starts in January of 2020. And I don't know how to feel about it. What do you think, Tanya, about Whitney Houston's hologram going on tour? I, ay, ay, ay. (laughs) I feel like we're, (laughs) I think that's where we are. I, I mean, it, I think is this it, where we are. Is this where we it's, are? It's, it's, I think this is where we are. It's interesting because maybe this is the only way that humans will remain relevant once technology takes over and all the machine learning and AI kicks in. <laughs> it raises, our holograms. Our holograms in competition with AI. So it raises so many legal oh issues. Gosh. So my legal brain synapses are clearly firing. Right. Because you think of right mm-hmm. publicity issues and some of the other things that are going to endure past one's lifetime, like copyright anyway. Right. Do you maximize the value of your assets, your copyright assets, because it exists 70 years after your death? Uh, presumably she's, you know, it sounds like they control a lot of her copyrights. Not everybody does if you transfer them away. But sometimes you have postmortem right of publicity rights. Sometimes you don't. What's the jurisdiction? And then, of course, there's the artistry. (laughs) Yes. I wish y'all could see me with my hand on my forehead, literally, right now. But it's it's interesting. (laughs) It's interesting you mentioned the legal issues. So I see, like, two big bodies of law 
that are about to be in a battle with each other and with human beings over the next couple of years. So you mentioned copyright law. So there's the copyright in the music and presumably also the copyright in whatever this hologram is doing. Movements can be copyrightable if they are simultaneously being recorded or if they've been written down so when choreography is copyrightable. And it seems that Pat Houston, who is Whitney Houston's mm -hmm. sister-in-law, must right. own, she must be the owner of that intellectual property. She was appointed executor of the mm -hmm. estate. And now that her daughter, Whitney Houston's daughter, is also deceased, mm -hmm. maybe Pat Houston owns the, she must own the rights in these things. So and they might even, don't just to even say something quickly, uh, it might probably, hopefully, is set up in some sort of trust where there are oftentimes you can even have two different types of trustees, one focused specifically on <clears throat> lever, uh, mm -hmm. exploiting copyrights that are held in trust and whatever the other assets are. And I've seen, and with my Will's Trust and Estates background as well, setting up those uh, special mm -hmm. trusts and you have some trustee specifically focused on maximizing it. So maybe it's a trust and she is the trustee operating as, as instead of it being in her own name, but now I'm just guessing. And because trusts are not public record, we don't know and won't know until the leak. <laughs> we won't know. But that, I just, oh, I mean, I understand documentaries. I understand releasing music. I understand. Maybe you're right. Maybe this is just the next iteration mm. in the process. Holograms going on tour. <laughs> I'm writing that down. Would have all these issues in life and you're going to make a work after she's <laughs> dead. You can't even rest when you're dead. Yeah, it, just, you put it, like that. It, it makes me feel, <laughs> it makes me feel some kind of way. It really does. And then, like you mentioned publicity rights. And I know, I mean, this is not a, a, a legal <laughs> class, but publicity rights too are these things that, you know, there's state law, there's no federal law. So it goes state by state to figure out what right of publicity uh, applies in, in whichever jurisdiction you know, these types of things are happening wherever she was living when she died. Right. I really don't know how that would be framed in the 21st century when you know, your hologram can go on tour <laughs> in Europe, come back to the U.S. and can do all wow. these things. But it just makes me feel some kind of way to see this mm. poor woman who had all these issues in life now being put on the road mm. to go, you know, get back out there on tour. So anyway... What do you think? Your final thoughts? You, uh, I don't even know. I want to hear what you all are thinking. You should uh, definitely hit us up on Twitter. Y'all tweet us. Let's know what you right. think. We're at a loss here. We don't know what to think about this. We need your help. We don't know what to think. <laughs> we really don't. Well, what's got you lit, Tanya? Uh, I can't even think of anything else right now. That just that bothered me when I saw it. I thought it was a joke. I, I, really, I saw it first on the shade room. And I was like, oh, shade room, what y'all doing? But it was a right. true. It's a right. That's like story. a pop. You know, I was looking for the pop culture version of the onion. I was like, this, there's, it's mm -hmm. like clickbaity. I don't really have time. Um, but I'm glad that you mm -hmm. talked about it. It's something that we should watch. And I'm wondering if there are other artists who have done, well, I mean, you named one, but it was a small part. Tupac was a small part of a larger performance. It wasn't him going on tour or something like that, right? For example. Oh, but this company, they put other folks on tour who are dead. So Roy Orbison, who That's wrote deep. and performed Pretty yeah. Woman. 
he he apparently has been put on the streets on tour wow. to to tour with his music post mortem. There's some opera singer I can't remember her name wow. who this company also like put on the street to go on tour and whatever the company is, Tupac's mm-hmm. hologram came from. I presume they're not doing it you know, out of the good of their Clearly. hearts. I'm sure they're doing these things multiple times. So Let's anyway, keep our eye on that. All right, so I have, a lot going on. I have two things. One, I'm just going to say briefly because I want to spend more time on the second, but uh, Wells Fargo is the latest bank banking institution um, involved in stable coins. So Wells Fargo issues its own stable coin. Basically, they're using it internally to make their internal cross-border money transfers better, faster, more efficient, which I would read as cheaper (laughs) than SWIFT. And so Mm -hmm. comparing to SWIFT, and as you know, and as our listeners may know, that SWIFT is the current global messaging system um, used by thousands of financial institutions in order to move institutions to move currencies around the globe. So the idea is that creating this Wells Fargo coin and the infrastructure of that will be distributed ledger technology, which is what a blockchain is. But this would be a private blockchain that I was mentioning earlier, controlled by Mm -hmm. Wells to use uh, for their branches around the world and whatever their banking partners are. So that's something to look for. And I think that that's just going to continue. And this is going to be another example of we as consumers will not know that we are interacting with blockchains or how blockchains are necessarily always impacting our lives, but um, we will benefit from uh, this technology. But so second thing is in a recent episode, you and I were talking about upskilling, right? And I was mm-hmm. encouraging our lit nation <laughs> to be lifelong learners. You and I are certainly lifelong learners and I talked about the importance of upskilling in order to increase value in your current position. And upskilling traditionally is focused on what you can do within your same position. And it is often the investment that companies put in to their workforce to make that company succeed and continue to be profitable over time. So right after that, I might've been our last episode, I'll have to have a listen and uh, make the connection in the show notes. But the importance of upskilling, whether through your current company or if you're just doing it for yourself in this phase of your career, but also to prepare for the new collar job, N-E-W, new collar jobs of the future. We don't have just white mm-hmm. or blue collar. Now it's new collar, right? And certainly the ones mm-hmm. that I'm okay. always talking about, the ones that don't exist yet. So I saw this fantastic Twitter thread created by Lolita Taub. She um, has some connection to Arlen uh, Hamilton, and she's in the VC space, et cetera. She has a really great Twitter um, Twitter chatter on her feed, so definitely follow her at Lolita Taub, T-A-U-B. And uh, she was also talking about upskilling, but she brought all the receipts. So <laughs> she was talking about what companies are doing. She focused on a few companies in particular, definitely brought all the receipts about what companies are doing to invest in their workforce of the future, right? So she noted that AT&T, Amazon, JP Morgan, and Accenture, she used those as examples uh, about all the investment that they were putting in, billions of dollars, billions. And the investment that they these companies have pledged, it shows just how essential upskilling is for companies in order for them to remain profitable 
for purposes of retention, because nobody's sitting around for 30 years working at the same place, uh, for sure, and uh, getting the gold watch at the end. And when I think of how many different employers I've had in my lifetime, including being the CEO of me on loan to other <laughs> institutions, uh, this makes a lot of sense. Um, so just one example is Accenture, because I thought this was a really interesting one to combine what we talk about in business, but also leveraging technology and innovation. So Accenture is still spending $1 billion on upskilling efforts um, to retrain approximately 300,000 employees over these past four years, and they'll continue to do so. But what's oh, wow. even more interesting about the extraordinary um, investment is the fact that Accenture is using artificial intelligence. They have this AI program called Job Buddy. Now, I think we could have worked on the name, but it's fine. <laughs> it's something that everybody can understand. Job Buddy, right? Um, <laughs> I guess. Right. Yeah, we, we've been working okay. that, right? And if he, I'm going to actually, I didn't uh, do it beforehand, but I'd like to see, I, I hope that that's trademarked. I, I suspect that it is, and it'd be funny to see how it's it's described. But Job Buddy is used to retrain uh, workers who've either just lost jobs to automation or where, you know, the writing is on the wall, that they are going to mm -hmm. be phased out and replaced by automation. And in what ways can they still remain valuable and relevant to uh, the Accenture so that they continue to retain. And recently, Business Insider um, wrote about the program and really took a deep dive on it and said that this type of training could really be a game-changing model for other companies to follow in this regard. Uh, a lot of these companies, final point, uh, are also outsourcing upskilling. They want to retain, but they don't want... Yeah. it's cheaper to have an outside consultant do it. And it's something I know you and I, Shantavia, talk about a lot and what ways can we position ourselves. And I offer that to our listeners, position yourself to be a consultant and then you'll always be invaluable because even if someone could do it in-house, they'd rather pay you to do it than to uh, to invest on uh, internally. So keep that in mind. Oh, that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. So, so do you have any other suggestions for people who are looking to upskill themselves? Are these things like, I mean, should they be looking for digital badges, certifications at universities? Should they be asking their employers to send them to get like Six Sigma training? Definitely. You're stealing a bit of my thunder for my action item as we go forward. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, I'll be quiet. <laughs> Y'all, I'm staring at her as we we um we see each other on videos as we're, we're uh, <laughs> and I could immediately tell where she was going. I'm like, no, no, my bad, my bad, my bad. All right, <laughs> well, y'all, wait a minute. She's gonna come back to that a little bit later. <laughs> right. Until after our little drop of our theme music, and then we'll be right back at you. All right, we're back. <laughs> um, this is our final segment where we do our action item to level up. I want you to make your firework and figure out what action item we can take away from either what we've just said or shared earlier or something that we want to lead into the next episode. So do we, I usually start with you for your action item. Do you want me to go? You want to go? No, I think you had a good lead in earlier since right. I, I asked you the wrong question. <laughs> <laughs> which was the right question. And, which was the right, a, a good and perfect segue. There you go. Into. So I'm going to ride off. Go ahead. Um, so yes, so in light of all of the upskilling 
conversation that was from What's Got You Lit. What I want you to do this week uh, or this episode is to find out what, if anything, your company offers by way of training for your current position and also upskilling to a future position. What, what's being offered at your company? Now, um, if you are a business owner with employees, what are you offering to your employees? Investing in your employees means you're investing in yourself as a business owner to remain uh, ahead of the technological curve, the innovation curve. Um, in life, you're either moving forward or backward because nothing is static. So you have to make a decision about how you're going to move forward and continue to invest in people um, who are adding value to your company. If you're in the job market, add it to the list of must-haves for your next job. So when you're in your discussions and you're negotiating, what way, in what ways will that employer be sewing back into you? Now, you may ultimately take a job where there is not a current upskilling program. If it's an otherwise great position, knock yourself out. But always remember, as I said earlier, you're the CEO of you. And so you need to continue to upskill yourself. And to Shantavia's point earlier, and this is what I do in my blockchain cryptocurrency in law online certificate program. It's at UNH Law. You can go to law.unh.edu forward slash blockchain if you want to take a deeper dive for an online course. But we offer digital badges. You earn digital credentials in specific skill areas and core competencies that you can show to your employer and say, I just did this. I just upskilled uh, in this particular area. There are master certificate credentials from a digital badging perspective. And so all of those things where you can not only get the knowledge, but also have some method of outward facing. We do it through Credly, for example. That's an online digital badge company. That's our digital partner. And so look for various ways to upskill yourself, but also look to uh, your employer uh, as well. That's what I got. Shantavia? That's great advice. I, I'm about to call somebody right now. <laughs> what kind of more certifications do I need? But let yeah, me and just you're, say, when you're in, in, in a university system, for example, I found that there's a ton of stuff that I'm not mm-hmm. taking advantage of, even as in, you know, an educator, especially. We have a great benefits package, but being, you know, connected to various universities and, and, we have a lot of stuff to take advantage of if we can find some time to do it. But go ahead. Honey, you said right. a mouthful there. So <laughs> to Tanya's point, this is somewhat related, but I think a good kind of explanation of how it doesn't even necessarily have to be something within your specific wheelhouse of what you're doing every day. So right. a few years ago, when I was really trying to think, what is my next professional move? going to be. I was trying to figure out my business, which is now leverage. I was trying to figure out if I was going to stay in a university environment as I was growing the business, just trying to figure out so many things. And um, I started thinking about leadership positions and the types of skills I would need to be an effective leader, either as an entrepreneur or in a university setting. And someone, and I, I can't for the life of me remember who, suggested mediation training, like becoming mm-hmm. a certified mediator. And I did that. I went to the, the mediation program. I was living in Atlanta at the time. So I went to a mediation training program in uh, Kennesaw, Georgia, at Kennesaw State University. And then I went to an arbitration training and I became a certified arbitrator as well in the city of Atlanta right. at a law firm. 
And when mm-hmm. I tell you, I haven't mediated a thing. I haven't arbitrated not one dispute. But <laughs> I use those skills almost every day. Because right. just in the environments I'm in, there are oftentimes people on either side of an issue. And we have to figure out how to come together to solve a common right. problem or achieve right. a common goal. And I use those lessons almost every day. And I can't tell you how many people I come into contact with who have a reputation for not liking folks, not being willing to work with people. But I have in probably almost every instance I can think of since I got certified as a mediator and an arbitrator, I can't mm-hmm. think of an instance where I haven't been able to get just about anybody to give a little right. so that we could move forward. So thank right. you for the, reminding me about that. That's good advice. I need to go see what else I can learn <laughs> in this Amen. world. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. That's so, a really key point about, about the mediation and arbitration tr- training. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me that there's no wasted effort or experience and we have no idea what we're going to use them for. That's you know, right. even the skills that I learned as a, a an elite athlete and professional tennis player, and you put when you line up these things with technically what I'm doing now, you don't think they have anything to do with each other, but about discipline and mm-hmm. focus and mm-hmm. and all the other things that go into particularly for a solo sport. And also I play team sports as well. You learn all sorts of things there where uh, you just never know how you're going to use them. So thank you for that reminder. Yeah, so I guess it's my turn, <laughs> and I told you I am very sleep deprived. I'm on like this weird sleep schedule. I I'm having a hard time, like keeping myself together here. But as I was listening, but I got you. Time, thank you so much. You, yes, listen, you have been the superstar today. I am just here filling up space. <laughs> but when I'm listening to you and thinking about you know, your advice about telling people to go out, acquire these new skills. And we started the show talking about purpose and talking about operating in your purpose. If you don't know what that is, move in the direction Mm -hmm. of things that you like doing, (laughs) right? Right. And my advice really revolves around, as, as you are doing all of these things, be thinking about what it is you want your brand to look like. All this stuff is... Mm-hmm. Like purpose and upskilling and figuring out what you want to do in life. All of this, like what it boils down to is how you're showing up in the world. And for people mm-hmm. who want to, whether it's upskill for their current employer, future employer, or create their own the entrepreneurial endeavor, like you have to show up in, a, in the world in a way where... Other folks see that, right? So that you can acquire clients in your own business or get that next employer to be interested in you or get your current employer to put you in that next level role and you put yourself there by showing your employer you have these new skills. So as you're doing that, uh, and I think, I mean, showing up in the world, personal brand, call it whatever you want. But another little piece of homework is think about for yourself how you're showing up in the world plus how other people see you. Because I think, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the things it's hard to know without asking somebody is, how do other people see me? What do other people think when I come in the room or when they ask me to do Mm -hmm. a thing? What is it that I am projecting? So I have this exercise I do with my clients in my own company where I say, 
take an hour or so and just write down how you believe you're showing up in the world. What are the things you want to show up in the world as, as a legal expert, mm-hmm. as a business, as whatever it is you want to show up in the world as. Then reach out to your trusted family and friends, pick maybe five or 10 people, shoot them an email or a text and ask them, hey, how do I show up in the world? What do you think about me? What are the things I'm good at? What are like the mm-hmm. best things you see about me? If you need advice about whatever, about X, why are you coming to me? And then you can start to piece together. Here's all the stuff I know I'm doing, but is it actually resonating? Is it translating? If I go out and upskill or whatever the case might be, are the people I want to recognize that work, are they actually going to recognize that work and trust me to do the next thing? And so those types of exercises, I think, will really help you figure out the full picture, not just what you want, but are you actually projecting that out in the world so that you get what you want? from your professional career, from your professional goals and aims. So that's my little love it. Love it. As we yes. kind of bring it on in here <laughs> yes. to the end of the show. <laughs> yes. Well, we have, uh, this has been chock full of reflection and intention and calls to action. And so I think we're going to leave it there. It's a lot to think about, reflect on, move forward. So let's close this thing out, Shantavia. I'll remind people to please send us your questions. Ask at litbraintrust.com. Ask at litbraintrust.com. If you love us and what's there not to love, (laughs) please tell the world. If something's not quite right, please, please, please tell us by hitting the contact page at litbraintrust.com. Um, you want to um, remind them about our social? I sure can do that. You got it. All so right. So come follow us. She had that look. I, oh, my <laughs> eyes are like glassing over a little. No. Yes. Um, come follow us at Lit Brain Trust, L-I-T-B-R-A-I-N-T-R-U-S-T on Twitter, hey. on Instagram. <laughs> we still struggling a little with Facebook, but we're going to get it together. <laughs> That's my domain, which is why we're struggling a little bit. <laughs> But Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, come find us. Look at here, people. Look at here, people. Do you sometimes you got to gather people up and you you swaddle them and you put them, (laughs) you know, let them have their time out. Follow, like, share, rate, comment on Twitter, IG, FB. Thank you for your support, your engagement, your fantastic reviews. Seriously, give them your your social media handle. Seriously, so they can. You, if, if they come, if they come to us, then they will find right. us. Okay. I, I am you. right. We sometimes you get people too much to do, and then they don't do nothing, right? I am testimony. <laughs> Let's listen to All right, y'all find us. But what I will everywhere, I, so, right? There you go, right? Um, and hit us on uh, and follow our hashtag. So very lit. We um, have a lot of things that we post in between episodes at, uh, on Twitter, in particular. Hashtag so very Hold lit. Hold on now. You just, told you just told me don't give them any more homework. You just gave them another hashtag to follow. <laughs> you see how she does. Uh, that's it. Done. That's the app, y'all. <laughs> Bye. Fade out. Fade out. Fade to black. <laughs>